This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. A very good evening and welcome to tonight's installment at High FM 101.9. My name is Nimrod Dembele and I'm delighted to share this space and time with you as we reflect on issues of national importance. Uh, tonight's show will definitely not be a, a surprise in terms of what we have brought to you. We will be joined by one of the sons of the soil who will give us insights and wisdom on how to tackle some of the issues of national importance. Before we get to the main issues of tonight's uh, show, allow me to pay homage to those who came before me. On that note, let me say thanks to Simon David Znati and, of course, Tabo Mlangen, who is a technical producer of the show. Thank you very much, team, and let's hope um, all the connections that we are currently awaiting will come upstream. On that note, uh, thanks for giving us the audience, and I hope, um, you know, tonight's conversation will certainly live up to expectations in terms of what are the current issues. Do join us on online uh, via our SMS line, which is 34519. Our telegram is 0618910095. And, of course, I welcome your email address uh, uh, via your email uh, uh Content or inputs uh, via my email, which is nimrod at highdosierdosere. You know, our guest tonight is the CEO of Black Business Council, Mr. Hanki Matabane. Uh, for those who may not know what BBC is, I'm not talking about, you know, in a, I'm not talking about uh, uh, British Broadcasting Corporation here. We're talking about uh, Black Business Council. Uh, it is an independent membership-based organization representing professional business associates and, and chambers. Uh, the purpose of uh, BBC is, amongst others, to advocate for transformation of the South African economy through aggregation and amplifying of members' opinion, thought leadership, policy change in order to achieve meaningful and inclusive growth. Um, in our, you know, quest to obviously make sense of these very complex issues uh, with the input of, uh, you know, Hanki Matabane, will also be joined online by the regular voice on the show. Uh, other than uh, Eric Stillerman, who is the CEO of London uh, School of Business Online, as well as the CEO of Net Growth. Uh, while we, you know, are obviously molding over in terms of getting the colleagues to join us upstream, uh, it's very important for us to craft the the, the, the context of tonight's conversation. Uh, in setting the scene, we, we all know that the economy is depressed. Uh, you know, and the economy not only depressed, but it's also characterized by high unemployment rate. The figures out there, we're pretty threatening, you know, close to 40% when you look at the broader definition of unemployment. Inequality is at its highest. Poverty is at its highest. Uh, so what? That's the main question. You know, uh, shows, shows such as these uh, really puts a moral obligation to all of us to ask a question, you know, which is, what can we do as ordinary citizens? Uh, gone are those days when we expect, when we expect government to do everything, you know? The question is, we as citizens have to stand up, make an input, uh, or do something, uh, on a basis of, of supporting what can be defined as a legitimate government to address, you know, colossal of economic challenges. Um, in an attempt to address colossal, uh, um, you know, challenges, we do appreciate the fact that there has been a number of initiatives 
uh, by, you know, government, private sector, civil society organization, uh, unions, and so on and so forth. Which means in this country, we are not uh, short of brilliant ideas. We have had investment summit after investment summit. Uh, for an example, last year, before we were hit by COVID-19, the third uh, summit that was, you know, hosted by the president, uh, it, it, it almost raised close to 290 billion rands uh, in the form of commitment uh, investment in various sectors in the country. Uh, I recall the presidential spokesperson then, Kusile Diko, saying that more than 250 of 20, 2019 investment um, has been implemented, you know, through various projects in different industries. Uh, but where is traction in this space? Uh, we also know that there, there's a lot of other initiatives uh, that such as, you know, the UK, uh, for an example, hosted Africa Investment Summit, uh, wherein there's about 21 countries uh, across the globe and so on and so forth. So the point that I'm trying to make is the fact that we... We, we're not running out of initiative and, and thought leadership. Uh, and the question is, how are we not, why are we not really gaining traction uh, on these kind of, of, of initiatives? And bear in mind that the liabilities to state fiscus, which has been an issue that was raised by the rating agencies, uh, rating agencies, if I may add, to the fact that, uh, we, you know, the, the fiscus of the state has been drained and the folk and the focus on economic growth has been very, very slow. So these are some of the questions that we really need to unearth. You know, uh, on that note, um, to, I'm, I'm happy to announce that Hanki Matavane, who's the CEO of the Black uh, Business Council, has joined us. Let me take this opportunity to welcome Dr. Hanki. Good evening and welcome to Beyond Governance, sir. Uh, evening, doctor, and uh, to the listeners as well. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure indeed to have you in our midst. Uh, one of, you know, one of the issues that, that you guys are, I'm sure you have had multiple initiatives, engagements with civil society organizations, with government, uh, and so on and so forth. I mean, in your capacity as a CEO of the Black Business Council, surely you have had a numerous, uh, engagements or exposure uh, to say the least, with regards to uh, some of the initiatives that, that are paid. Uh, based on your understanding from the BBC point of view, what accounts for uh, the, the, the arbitrage uh, on our neck, economically speaking? Yeah, yeah. thank you very much for, for, for having me on, on your show. Uh, perhaps maybe I'll start by... Uh, Basically, taking it from where you, you left it, uh, that, that the Black Business Council is, is, is part of what is called the Business for South Africa. Uh, this is not a, a structure, but it's just a, a, a collaborative effort uh, that started when, when COVID-19 started. Uh, and uh, we, we were collaborating basically with all business associations in, in the country. We also, on a regular basis, uh, on a weekly basis, we, we meet at NetLeg with uh, with labor, which will be the trade unions and, uh, <clears throat> and community organizations. 
and and uh, one has, has experienced uh, uh, unprecedented co- cooperation between all these sectors, including government, uh, during COVID. And the decision making has been uh, very, 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 very impressive. There have been consultations, but those were not, were not uh, perpetual consultations. There have been a lot of other things that were done on, on record time. Uh, we've seen procurement processes uh, being streamlined. Uh, we've seen uh, people in rural areas being provided with water and, and other essential items. And uh, you, you then have to ask, why did it have to take this long? And why, why did it have to take a, a, a pandemic for, 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 for service delivery to happen? So I think that the, the biggest challenge that we have uh, in the country, uh, as someone said one day that the, if we, we were entering Olympics with, uh, with plants, South Africa would have won uh, all the Olympics because we've got so many plants. Uh, if you take from 1994, we had like RDP, RDP, we had NTP, we had all these plants, Askisa, Gypsa. But I think the common thread that is lacking is, uh, is implementation into the monitoring and, and, and evaluation. Uh, and, and then during the engagement with government, uh, <clears throat> what we've picked up was that the, 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 there's a lack of capacity in the state. Uh, there have been so many changes in the state, especially at the bureaucratic level. Uh, director generals, uh, CEOs of state-owned enterprises, and so on, who, who have been changed so many times that uh, uh, that thing has affected the, the service delivery. Because you, you'll appreciate if you change people, the first year they are trying to, to learn, uh, and it takes a little bit of time before they implement that. For, for, for me, the biggest, biggest, biggest challenge is, uh, is implementation uh, and then monitoring uh, of, of the actions. And, and then, then also after that, uh, do, do, do <clears throat> what is called uh, consequence management. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. The, 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 there was a report that was re- released uh, this week or last, yeah, this week by the Public Service Commission. Uh, indicating that the, the small businesses are owed, uh, I think it's almost more than five billion by by government. Uh, but but there have been a an amendment into the audit in the Public Audit Act that then says those people who are not paying small businesses on time must be held accountable. But we have not seen that uh, happening. So. For me, I think it's the implementation of the decisions that have been taken that uh, is taking us back to the Thank you very much for that. Uh, uh, what I would consider very much as a thought-provoking insight, um, and uh, you, you, you do allude to the fact that, you know, it took uh, the pandemic uh, to showcase what South Africa is capable of. In fact, I might even take a step back and say it took the 2020 World Cup to demonstrate the level of capacity uh, and political will that existed then. And we've also seen it uh, during the COVID-19 
when the president uh, literally galvanized all the kind of support that was needed in the field of education, uh, social security, uh, economic development, and so on and so forth. So basically, uh, there, there, there is that kind of a, a, a depository of intelligence, if you like, and, and commitment when it really matters. But he also reflected on key, you know, issues around uh, the plethora of plans that we as a country are known for. Uh, to use your, an, an example which I really like, uh, the fact that if we were competing in the Olympics, South Africa would have won all the medals when it comes to you know, plans. But I think you hit it on a nail when you reflected on the, the exodus of talent within the state. Because plans on their own cannot execute themselves. You need men and women with gray matter, uh, you know, men and women with, with, with a solid head, you know, uh, uh, between their shoulders to implement these policies. And, and your assessment is the, from the weakness of the state. Uh, that is a problem. So moving forward, what, what has been your recommendation? From a BBC side of things to say to the state, look, uh, you, you, you are lacking from a technical point of view, from a monetary point of view, uh, uh, and, and obviously the consequences of management. What has been the appetite of the state recognizing some of the issues that you have brought to their attention? Yes, I, I think that the, 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 the state's uh, the current leadership of the state is, uh, is is very receptive on on on, on ideas, uh, and and we we've been very working very well with them uh, since the, the the pandemic started, as I, I indicated. Uh, for example, you've seen businesses donated a lot of money to the solidarity fund, uh, and and and. and uh, the money has been utilized and it came very, very handy in assisting with the PPEs and so on, especially in provinces that needed it most, like the Eastern Cape. So, uh, and we, we've, we've offered, I think we've offered to, to say if we, there's a need for, for, for capacity and skills, we do have uh, uh, skilled professionals who are, who are able to, to go and assist. Either as executives or, or non-executive directors uh, in in SOCs and uh, even even in government, uh, but at, sometimes uh, some of the professionals are a bit uh, skeptical in in going to join government, especially with the, the recent history where some of them careers were were, were cut short, uh, and they were they were wrongly, wrongly, wrongly accused of things that they, they have not done. So it is going to take time before the 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 the, the, the confidence comes back uh, from from a lot of professionals. You know, when you are professional, you only depend on your name, and uh, once your name is splashed all over the newspapers, you, you, you your, your chances of uh, earning a living becomes a challenge. So from 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 our side, they they they, they were I think a few things that we raised. Uh, the, the biggest of them all being the the market concentration. If if you look at the country, the almost all the sectors you will have the the big 
two or the big three or the big four uh, uh, dominating the market, uh, which then means that they, there's no space for small businesses. Uh, and we're not saying there's no need for, for big organizations. You, you need them for scale. Uh, but uh, it becomes unhealthy if the big four, the big two, they, they actually take 90% of the market because it means all of us, the rest of the country can only compete for the 10% of the market. Uh, so, so that concentration, uh, we, we've been working with the competition commission. Uh, they, they, they've got a competent, competent uh, professionals there. To, to then say, how do we use the Competition Act to, to, to open the market? Uh, so that small businesses can, can, can have space to play because uh, it has been proven all over the world that if you want to increase, uh, if you want to, to, to increase employment, you want to grow the economy, you, you have to grow small businesses. Uh, just, just to give you an example, if, if I have one employee, and uh, you give me a additional business, I, I actually have no choice but to, to, to appoint the second, the third, and the fourth person. Uh, that way we, we can easily uh, create an employment uh, and, and then reduce the, the unemployment that is there. Uh, but but, but when, when you have those small businesses, you must also be able to pay them uh, and pay them on time. Because if you don't pay them, they don't have the balance sheets of bigger businesses to to, to survive. Uh, hence, you 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 see there's a lot of turnover of small businesses that uh, that go under. And and one thing we've been raising with the with both financial institutions, including the Reserve Bank and National Bank, is what is called the the 200 billion relief fund. Uh, and to give you the scenario. The, one of the criteria of the relief funds for small businesses is that you have to be in good standing with the banks. Uh, but what we've seen is that small businesses have, uh, have, pro- uh, have, have offered services and goods to, to, to big business and government. They have not been paid uh, before COVID and then they are not in good standing. Uh, so if you come with a relief fund that is targeted at the very same people that have not been paid, and then you know if you are not paid, you are going to be listed uh, in, in credit bureaus and and, and and banks, and then you are not going to be in good standing. So so that that created a vicious circle for good businesses. That the the very same relief that was supposed to help them they cannot access, uh, which which then calls into question. Who designed this scheme? Uh, was was it designed with the customer in mind, or was it designed in, by by bureaucrats uh, uh, sitting behind their computers? Uh, so 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 we, we we need to have a and we had a, a discussion with National Treasury. We we need to have more of those consultations before some of the things are implemented, because we will have raised those issues upfront. No, thank you very much, Dr. Uh, Hanke, for yet uh, very insightful commentary um, around issues that, that, that are quite significant. I just want to ask the colleagues to, you know, we're going to take a break in a minute. 
so that we, you know, we, we can acknowledge uh, Eric Stillman, who has also joined us. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll rekindle our conversation uh, following on what uh, Hanki has pointed out in terms of the glitches uh, that the system is experiencing. And of course, I will welcome the inputs from Eric Stillman. Let's take a break and come back as we reconnect to our next session. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to Beyond Governance. Uh, what a wonderful session we had. For those of you who join us, I'm joined online by the CEO of the Black Business Council, Hanki Matabane, as well as uh, Eric Stillman, who is the CEO of uh, Net Growth, as well as uh, London uh, uh, School of Business Online. Let me take this opportunity to welcome you guys once again. And 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 Eric, are, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good evening, thank Nimrod. you very much. Thank, thank you very much for joining us, Eric Stillerman. I'm sure you must have picked up uh, the issues that um, uh, uh, you know uh, Hanky pointed out, which were quite poignant for me, uh, particularly around you know issues such as. Um, you know, consequence management, you know, and the fact that, uh, the SMMAC, SMMEs are owned close to 500 billion rands by government, uh, issues around market concentration, which has a, a, you know, negative effect in terms of, you know, small businesses that are, are not being, not able to take, uh, space. And, and for that, they're obviously taking the matter to competition, uh, commission. But, but based on what Hanke has pointed out, what are your critical highlights? And, and from a solution point of view, how do we take it forward? Thanks so much, uh, uh, Nimrod. And thank uh, you. A pleasure to meet you virtually. I've actually been at some of your BBC conferences, and uh, we, we interact also on LinkedIn. So it's a pleasure to, to hear your views. Um, in the first instance, I was very impressed with what you said about the unprecedented co- cooperation between uh, government, business, and labor in, under COVID. And, and I would say in moving forward, you know, how do we uh, uh, strengthen and, and, and cement that, that partnership in which the capacity of the private sector is brought into play in, 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 in terms of not only implementing COVID um, measures, but getting the economy going. So that's number one. Number two, you know, I'm aware that under Business for South Africa, in which you must be involved as BBC, that that is a, a group of, of a few hundred professional firms working on sector economic um, activation plans as we speak. The general public doesn't know about this. I offered uh, just in professionally my services, I'm still waiting to, to get a response, but that's not the point. The point is you in there, and that they've really, um, I'd, I'd be interested to know what is actually happening there, and is there potential to get this economy moving with this kind of cooperation between business, uh, government, and, and, and labor? And thirdly, I, I would say, you know, we can't deal with all three things at the same time, but in terms of opening up concentration in the economy and giving small business a chance and activating payment to to SMMEs by government, it, it in a way is is again a, a another case of an implementation issue because 
the policy statements that have been made over and over again by Cyril Ramaphosa, by Tabo and Becky even, that small business has to be paid by government within 30 days. So it's a question of essentially implementation management, which includes monitoring and evaluation and consequence management. So, Kanki, if you don't mind to, to comment on what's actually happening from an economic perspective in terms of initiatives that, that you're working on. Yeah, thank you very much, Eric. And uh, we, we appreciate the, 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 the you attending our, our events and uh, we, <laughs> that way we'll be able to, to solve the country's problems and, uh, as a collective. Uh, so, so from, from a, a business for South Africa point of view, uh, you, are, you are correct. I think they, when, when, when the, the, the first case was, uh, announced, uh, in the country, uh, that, that, I think, uh, made everyone else to, to realize that this is serious. Uh, and then from economic point of view, it came at a, at a time when you, you recall we, we had COVID and then we, we, the country got downgraded by Moody's to, to junk. Uh, we, we, we still have to, we, we still have to feel that type of, a, of, of, of the impact of the, of the, the downgrade because it, it happened while we were dealing with this COVID. Uh, so once we're out of COVID, we still have to deal with that issue of say, how do we take the country and the economy back to where uh, it was? Uh, but unfortunately, what we've seen now with the, with COVID, they, they've, they, they, they've been a lot of uh, retrenchments, uh, mainly because some of the businesses, if you you are closed for a month or closed for two months, it means you your revenue is zero because some of the companies cannot necessarily operate and in, under any lockdown. So if you're running a restaurant uh, or you're running a hotel, you you, you have to close. Uh, and once you close, the, the 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 expenses are still there. You still have to pay rent and and all those things, but the the income is zero. So it's going to take us a little bit of time to to recover, just to be where we were before COVID, uh, and then that will need the all the social partners in government, uh, business, neighbor, and everyone else to, to, to work together uh, as a union, as a unit, uh, like we've done during the COVID pandemic. Uh, and then that, that is possible as you've seen it. Uh, but, but I think there are just a few things that need to be implemented. For example, <clears throat> the, the, the issue of the spectrum, the, 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 the telcos have been complaining and that was, there was a, a temporary relief during the the, the, the lockdown, uh, but that does not necessarily solve the problem. So we we've raised that issue with government to say the the, the spectrum needs to be uh, issued. So there are two processes. One is uh, it's an auction, which is likely to be uh, the participants are likely to be the the, the, the people who already have the spectrum. But we, we have said to government, let's use the process also to to introduce competition in the market, especially uh, to introduce transformation. Because when you look at the ownership of the 
the, the, the telcos and ICT, the, 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 there are no black companies there. So uh, government has agreed. They, they even issued a policy and they, they're going to introduce what is called wireless open access network, which will be given part of the spectrum. But the, the issue we, we've been raising is that there have been a lot of delays in issuing that spectrum. Uh, and that delay is mainly because of the, the digital migration has not been done. Uh, so, so if, if that can be speeded up, uh, that will, is likely to bring a lot of economic activity in the economy because the, the big telcos, they, 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 they will be able to then introduce 5G. Uh, 5G has been introduced into, in, into other countries, but we can't introduce it here without the, the necessary spectrum. And, and once we introduce 5G, it increases the speed and the, you connect the rural areas. You, you will be able to then enable small businesses and, and all type of businesses, youth-owned businesses, businesses owned by people with uh, disabilities, people, uh, businesses owned by, by women in rural areas and, 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 and other far-fetched, far-flanked uh, areas in the country. So, so that's one, one of the, 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 the discussions we're having with, with government to say, how can business help? Uh, in speeding up that process, uh, because then we we will be able to then play into this in the four IR, and and that will, will have helped the in in, in in this current situation where a lot of kids are are, are actually learning from home, uh, but the, that is only happening with the middle class families because of the of of, of the cost of, of of data. So if the spectrum was released some time ago. The, the, the kids in the rural areas will, will, instead of going to school physically, they, they will be able to learn uh, at home. So th- those are the, some of the few things that can actually get the economy running. Hanki, th- thank you. If, if you don't mind, uh, Nimrod, can I just come back to Hanki on that? No, sure, sure. Okay. Hanki, just to talk about um, the digital migration as being the bottleneck there, just uh, uh, can you reflect on that, uh, you know, and why can business not help government to speed up that, that digital migration? Wherever there's a bottleneck, unbottleneck it. That's how business operates. Do you have any insight on that? Yes, the, 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 that's what we've, we've, we've offered. So, so what, what, what has happened, maybe just uh, if we have a... Uh, yeah, let me in, in, in one minute try to explain the, the digital migration issue. Yes. So we, in the digital migration process, there, there are various role players. So we, we had the, for example, Sentec did the, the network, which has been released in 2012. And then uh, you, for, for you to migrate, you need the, the families that cannot afford to, to, to be given a, a, a decoder or a center box. Uh, and I think that's where things are stuck. Because the, 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 the institution that was supposed to, to, to work on the digital migration, uh, and, 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 uh, procure the set top boxes, uh, had its own challenges. Uh, and then as a result, the, the, the process was stopped. Because they, they, they were companies, for example, local manufacturers who were ready to manufacture the boxes here in South Africa because I think it's important for, for job creation. 
Uh, but that process has not moved far. So some of the the, the, the big telcos have offered to say they need they they, they can uh, buy those boxes and and distribute them for free because where without the boxes you cannot move uh, people from from di- from analog to digital uh, because uh, if if you look at the constitution access to information is in the constitution as a, a part of the bill of rights so you you can't just say i'm switching off uh, all the tv stations uh, and force people to go to the to the new stations without uh, giving them equipment. So there, there were supposed to be 5 million people who were supposed to be given uh, boxes for free. Uh, but but that has not happened. So the delay is there. Uh, but but the telcos have offered and, uh, that they can they can assist government and give it money because, uh, as you may know, the, 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 the fiscal does not have funds as we speak. So so th- that that is the the situation we're sitting with, and uh, I think government just need to apply its mind on the offer and and uh, and take a decision. And then once the decision is taken, it won't take long to get everyone to to, to get the boxes because the boxes are, are there to to convert uh, the signal from analog to digital. You know, thank you very much. Um, you know, Salki for for that uh, input, and I think it makes a lot of sense as you are you know putting out because we have had. Uh, so many, you know, conversation on this particular issue, and it just did not come out clearly in terms of what are the biggest hurdles. Uh, uh, but uh, your insight has obviously given us more, uh, uh, you know, food for thought in terms of where the blockages are. Because in this show, the idea is not so much about, you know, labor or the challenges. This show prides itself by obviously at understanding what the challenges are and and go to business uh, individuals and and in the form of groups say uh, how can we help how can we support the legitimate state in fast tracking these kinds of intervention uh, on that point uh, you know based on your understanding and your proximity to the state uh, on policy issues is there an appetite from state to to to, to welcome you know uh, you and I or any other South Africans with, with, with brilliant ideas. What I'm trying to say is, is there a, an opportunity for, you know, someone who's listened to the show and say, look, Nimrod, I have a solution, uh, that could address the, the, you know, the efficiencies within the system. This is my solution. Someone who's listening to the show tonight, what is your take on, for that particular person? Yeah, yeah. The 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 I think the the, the challenge with the with with the running a state. That's uh, why so I don't want to be in the president's shoes. Uh, the, the challenge with running a state is that by by nature, because we are utilizing public funds, uh, everything has to follow a process, uh, and, and understandably so. I think what what needs to happen is just to try and, and speed up those processes. <clears throat> so, so, for example, if you have a solution now, as we speak, uh, unless you are going to give it for free, but if it's for, 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 for business purposes, you, you can't just walk into the state and say, I want to do this, because there's a, there's a, a legislation uh, called the PFMA, there's a legislation called the Triple PFA, uh, which is a procurement act. So, 
anything that the state does has to be done through a procurement process. Uh, and and then we've been calling for 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 for, for example the triple PFA to be uh, to be done away with because it it has almost uh, delayed some of the innovations in the country. Because for example, if if you you, you innovate a solution now or you innovate a an ICT program and then you go to the state and say I I want to solve a home affairs or whatever problem, currently you can't. Uh, uh, because of, of that law uh, and that act and, and its regulations. So, uh, <clears throat> incidentally, today it was the last day for, for public comments into what is called the public procurement bill. Uh, so that that bill is intended to replace the, 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 the procurement uh, act, uh, which is the triple PFA. Uh, and and in in that bill, what we are suggesting, we are suggesting exactly what you are talking about to say. Uh, the the legislation should be able to allow any citizen who's got an idea to 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 pitch it to to, to whoever they want to pitch it, and and then the law must allow for a an open process that will then uh, allow that individual to make a contribution because currently. Uh, you can't. If, if if you have a solution, according to the current laws, what needs to happen, they must then uh, take that solution to tender. And you, you can imagine if a solution is yours and they take it to tender, someone wins the tender, but they don't understand the solution. Uh, it leads to, to, to incorrect implementation or no implementation at all. Uh, so so so. hence we, we've been focusing mainly on saying, let's look at the 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 laws that we have and regulations and 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 where we can change them, let's let's change them so that they can make the state uh, to be more agile. Uh, because I, I think what has made the 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 state to be uh, moving very very quick during with decision making during the the COVID is that some of the laws were suspended in a way by 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 the implementation of the of the Disaster Management Act. So that that has allowed the the, the government to move much quicker uh, and to, to 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 not over 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 uh, <clears throat> over consult. So so the lessons that we can learn, uh, which I think uh, I agree with, is important that we we should not dwell on the problems. We must we must be solution orientated uh, to so that we can move the country forward. What what we what the the, the COVID has taught us is that we need to then look at our laws and say which are these laws that are delaying decision making and implementation and and then let's change those laws so that we can move the country forward okay no no thank you very thank you very much Hanky, for that for that insight. uh you know if you've got join us and we are joined online by the ceo of the black uh, business council Hanky matabane uh we welcome your thoughts and views on our SMS line which is three four five one nine. Our telegram of course it's OCH one eight nine five one zero nine five and I'm welcome your email via my, my account which is Nimrod El Um one of the things that 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 was so pointed that you've pointed out which I want Eric to, to, to reflect on at some point is the fact that you know reviewing or repealing legislation it takes forever. And, and there are things that need to be activated now. 
and and we in this show are, are always confront well, well, you know, um, come across a number of solutions um, that could aid mega project. What would your advice be from a business point of view? Not so much from a government, because uh, you know the idea. Um, there's so many ways to skin a cat. The procurement cat, you know, uh, or or, or tassel can be dealt with through collaboration and 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 you know joint funding of of kind of you know uh, like the triple P for an example, because the the listeners of the show. Um, are, are obviously LSM individuals that operate at the particular level. Uh, what your take would be uh, for for them to put a consortium or a concept document uh, which addresses a specific issue, uh, which can get a, a support from BBC as well as a, a business SA and any, and any other entity. What would be the appetite be when some of our listeners who are are ready, willing, and capable to provide solution uh, in in IT space, in education space, in infrastructure space, and so on and so forth. Uh, what would be the appetite be, and what would be the process in engaging BBC so that these initiatives um, could could see the light of the end, uh, the light uh, at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, we 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 are very much uh, open to to to. to suggestions, uh, proposals, uh, anything else uh, on a daily basis that we, we receive a lot of uh, those. Uh, and and we, 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 we try by all means to address those that need to be addressed. Uh, we engage with uh, those who are offering uh, solutions uh, to make sure that the solutions are so are implementable. And then we, we do implement the, the ones that need to be implemented. Uh, and I agree with you, Triple P's, uh, uh, that is, is one way of uh, of working, both business working with business, but also business working with government. Uh, uh, because that that uh, is a little bit easier to implement, uh, especially, for example, if you come with solutions that says we, we don't necessarily want government to put in money. Uh, we will put all the money and then we'll do some revenue share model. Uh, 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 like the build, uh, operate and transfer type of a, of a model uh, that that works. So so maybe those type of things. If, if people have have got the have got proposals on those, they, they can send them to to us as well. Uh, which our email address is info at blackbusinesscouncil.africa, uh, and and then we yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll engage them and then we'll take the, the process and move it forward. That's a kind of a, that's a kind of a solution orientation mentality that we embrace in the show. Unfortunately, we are run out of time. Uh, thank you very much for your insight. We hope to take this conversation further and I certainly hope uh, listeners of the show who have uh, wonderful solutions will take you up on, on, on that. You want to just, you know, maybe repeat your, your, your contact details so that, uh, listeners can take, can take you up on your offer. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Uh, I think this is the type of engagements that we, we want to have uh, as a country. Uh, instead of uh, painting a picture of a doom and gloom, uh, we, we need to actually show that there's hope. Uh, we, are, we are living in a good country. Uh, we just need to work together so that we can we can take it forward. The, the email address again is info at 
Business Council dot Africa. There, there you have it. That was the CEO of the BBC Black Business Council. That Matabane giving us a very interesting view, and 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 I hope the listeners will obviously take him up on that offer. Uh, before we wrap it up, let me take this opportunity to thank, uh, you know, uh, Eric Stillman for insights, uh, contribution to the show. And I certainly think, uh, the listeners of High FM, uh, particularly the Beyond Governance have, uh, benefited from insight once again, Eric. Pleasure. And thank you, Hanki and Nimrod. Uh, uh, just parting word is uh, to give you a lot of support, Hanki, in, in terms of motivating government and pushing government on all these projects that are being spoken about and we are only too delighted to help you in any way we can. We'll use Nimrod uh, as, as a contact point for now and look forward to uh, meeting you again and, and taking it further. Thank you. Oh, okay, thank you very much, uh, Eric, for the offer. Thank you very yes. much. There we go. That was Hanki Matabane, the CEO of, of the CEO of our Black Business Council, uh, who has just given us a, a food for thought in terms of how do we take the solution forward. And I do appeal to the listeners of this show to take him on an offer. Once again, Eric Stillman, thank you very much for your contribution as well. Tabo, thank you very much for organizing the show uh, seamlessly uh, this time around. And uh, Kabisa, you are duly acknowledged uh, as a first-time person on the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Until we meet again, please stay safe, uh, you know, sanitize, maintain social distance, and, and, and we will definitely beat the COVID-19. Until we do it again, have a good one and good evening.